Go. Go. All right. Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Urich. I'm the founder of 1000 Hours Outside, and I could not be more honored and thrilled to be with Kim and Penn Holderness. Welcome. Thank Hi, Jenny. you so much for having us. I just said I'm a total super fan over here. I'm wearing the Doing the Best I Can hoodie, and we got my dad. I got him the Pickleball t-shirt recently. Oh. He loves the Pickleball, y'all, and read your Everybody Fights book and Family Face-Off game. Just love it. Our kids love running and trying to find the things in the house. It's been really fun. Well, what I was hoping to talk about today actually is marriage, which is kind of an interesting topic here. But when we're trying to get kids outside, we're trying to do things maybe a little bit against social norms. People talk a lot about marital issues that come up. Look, I want to get my kids outside more, but my husband's not on board. My wife's not on board. We want to do these things and it's causing some friction. And so I thought I loved your book so much. It's so practical. It's witty. It's funny. It's relatable. It's comprehensive. And so just thrilled to talk about some of the things that are in there. So before we begin, I think everybody knows who you are. You've been, have your videos seen billions of times across the internet. And the thing I'm really curious about before we dive into the book is the timing. So you have this book come out and then nine months later, you win the amazing race. And it's kind of like, it was the first time we'd watched the amazing race was your season. And it was like, seeing it was really cool. It was like seeing your book played out in real life. I'm super curious about the timing because I don't think I've ever read a sort of self-help book and then gotten to see it firsthand. It's like you saw all the principles play out on the amazing race. And I know that COVID was in the middle of there and it shut down for 18 months and book contracts take a long time. So it ended up, being this perfect timing, how did that work out? So I think, first of all, the book took several years to write. So we had started that before the Amazing Race process had even started. But I think what they say about the Amazing Race is it's a relationship show. I mean, when it comes down to it, yes, there were challenges you're going around the world, but really the dynamics and what makes it so interesting is seeing the relationships between the partners and the other teams play out. And we were, if you kind of scan the crowd of typical participants of the race on, you know, we're in our middle, we're middle-aged, we're in our mid forties and we're older than the, the high level elite athletes. So I knew that we weren't going to outrun them. Mm -hmm. And I knew that they were, they're much stronger than I was at least, but I knew that our relationship, like nobody was going to beat us there. And you're talking about timing. We started counseling before we wrote the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, We needed that. We started counseling before The Amazing Race because we were getting into these fights that kept happening over and over and over again. So the training for the race, you talk about physical training of going up and down stairs and working out and, you know, maybe even getting a trainer in some situations. Everyone showed up super ripped at this race. One guy was a bodybuilder. He looked like, uh, he looked like Thor. He looked like Thanos. Dusty and Ryan were incredibly ripped as were Raquel and Kayla. Uh, But we had done some training on the relationship side as well. Mm not because we knew we were going on the race because we needed it as a couple. And so you're, but you are right about the timing. It did seem to all come together at exactly the right time. I think that was, I think that was just luck. That's kind of coincidence. Honestly, I think it was luck that it took the um, amazing race a little longer to finish 
Right. And so we finished writing the book during that break in COVID and we discovered a little bit more about each other. So that was the, to me, that was the advantageous training for us while everybody else was just getting ripped at the gym. We were getting our relationship ripped. Ready. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you saw it throughout the whole thing about the anxiety and even they said stuff at the beginning that you were, you know, this older couple and, and <laughs> I didn't, and at the very end, it was such a cliffhanger. I knew that you had won, but I thought, how did they win? Because they come down, there's all those keys and you've got to match it up. And I'm thinking, there's no way this other team got there so much sooner. There's no way, but I knew that you had. And it just came down to your being intentional about remembering the different things. I really loved reading a book about marriage and then seeing it firsthand in the show is a very impactful experience. And so I think other people would love that too. You read the book and then you get to watch it play out firsthand. It's not fake. Well, I think we knew at the end of the day, I mean, it was an, the adventure of a, a lifetime and we wanted to participate I mean, how cool is it to tell your grandkids that you were on The Amazing Race? Like we we wanted to be able to tell the stories to our kids and also set an example for our kids that, yeah, getting out of your comfort zone, it's hard and it's scary and it causes sometimes some anxiety. But in most cases, it's really worth it. And really wonderful things happen outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But we also knew that that was a game show and this is a marriage. And that at no point in time would we put we would not put ourselves in a position to to harm our marriage for to advance in a game show. Mm. And we never had to, but he, I, I struggled with anxiety and just being so uncertain every single day of what was going to happen. He was such a good patient partner yeah. in, and, and so understanding. And I think the part he, in the, maybe in the beginning of our marriage, there is a little bit mm-hmm. of like, why can't you just be like happy? This is great. Like, how cool is this? And there's certainly, right. there, there was those other people there. They were like, this is, you know, there's a contestant, his name was Arun and he it was part of the dad daughter team. And I loved being around him because he literally looked at every situation. He's like, oh my gosh, you guys, we're in Switzerland. This is so, I mean, they were in last place. And he's like, <laughs> a lot of so times. Cool. And that is just not so many times how I'm built because I'm like, no, no, I'm like, dude, just too high strung. But he recognized that he wasn't going to force me to, he wasn't going to shame me for feeling how I was feeling. And I think that came through pretty intense counseling. Yeah. I'll say the same thing about you. Um, you put up with my space cadetedness. <laughs> that's a which, that's a word. Which the uh, the amazing race finds a way to test your anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it finds a way to test the way that your brain works. It finds you. It finds your mm-hmm. faults. No one has ever gone through the race and looked perfect. And I mean, the first episode, I like stared at a clue. I stared at a clue for 45 minutes or it felt like 45 minutes. minutes. And I knew, I should have known that it was a clue because it was a clue, but I overthought <laughs> it because of my brain and my neurodiversity and the way that I am. And then I flooded afterwards. I got really, I know the terms for all these things. Like I got really, really mad at myself mm-hmm. and there's a YouTube clip of Kim talking me down from yeah. that ledge. And I think it's just because two things, number one, we know each other's brain. We know what our deficiencies are and we give each other grace as hard as it is for somebody like me who wants to be happy all the time. I need to know that that's not what's going on with her brain. I need to give her some space and some grace 
for her, someone who is used to order in detail when her husband does something really stupid that seems very obvious, she has to know that that's who she married. And we're going to not only going to move on, not only is she going to be okay with it, she's going to coach me and encourage me. Hmm. And in the end, we're not going to use that as an excuse. We're both going to take accountability for our shortcoming and try to get better at it. But we have a partner who is going to get us through that. It was very endearing to see it in person. Like when you did the bungee jump and then Penn cried. I mean, it was really <laughs> endearing. It's, it was, like I said, it was one of the only times that I've ever read a book like yours and then been able to see it in a high pressure intensity situation to see all of the things in real life. I wondered if we could hop onto just a couple of the topics in here. Like I said, the book is so practical. And I love that you even give verbiage, use these words, do this, say this, because sometimes we're stuck in those things. One of the things that I related to most was the yes and technique. Mm -hmm. So this is when Kim was talking about the Broadway musical. I love this part in the book. Um, so can you talk about that yes and technique? I think it. we've been using it. It really works. That's great. Well, the story we tell in that is, you know, I am a bit of a dreamer and I love to daydream. And that's my favorite thing in the world to do. He's like, where do you see yourself in five years? And wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And I had mentioned like, don't you think it would be fun? Like we could write a musical and you could, I could do like the story and you could do the lyrics. And, you know, I was just being very daydreamy and he, we were driving and he said, do you really feel like this is the best use of your time? And it kind of just squashed my daydreamy feeling. We've since done more work on this. And we do know that Penn tends to not go so daydreamy because he doesn't want to disappoint me. He doesn't want to say, yes, let's do it. And if we never do it, that I'll somehow be disappointed. That's just not how my brain works. So that was his way of saying like, hey, babe, I don't want to commit to this because I don't want to disappoint you. This sounds really hard. But he had shut it down in a way. And then I then we call it like she engaged in her protest behavior and which is like i just i like pull the car over and we were in our neighborhood so it wasn't that far away so i got out and walked home because i was going to lose my mind if i had to sit in the car with them for even 20 more seconds and then me instead of like being able to say hey honey um here's what I meant. I meant all the things that she just said, like my brain is different. Like, I don't want to disappoint you. Instead, I just started profusely apologizing because mm -hmm. I'm like, can we just get back to the place where we were before where we were friends and no one was mad at each other. And maybe I'll be able to have sex someday. Like all of like all of those things that goes through a guy's brain, like what can I do to get things like back to normal instead of mm -hmm. actually telling her how I felt. So both of our protest behaviors, mine of which is profuse apologizing to make it go away. Hers is just disconnecting completely and going somewhere else. We did not get to the point where we could actually talk about this. The way to avoid it in the beginning would have been yes and. Yes, I hear what you're saying. Yes, it, it would be wonderful to do that. Yes, I understand that you have these dreams and you should know about me that I don't want to disappoint you. That's the reason why I haven't talked about these things. We could have still been driving in the car and come to some other sort of conclusion if that was what we said, instead of me saying, do you think that's the best use of your time? Which is number one, a little condescending. And number two, not yes and, it's no but. Yeah. And I think another in this situation thing that would have worked really well is tell me more. 
And mm-hmm. so that's another phrase. And then the yeah. reason why I wanted specific phrases in this book is I think it's been later diagnosed that I'm an Enneagram one and I don't really, I haven't done a deep dive in that, but I like a specific rule. You know how I know she's an Enneagram one? Because I don't really identify. She doesn't accept the fact that she's an Enneagram and one. So I, but I like specific rules. So I wanted, I told our counselor, like, tell me the exact things to say in these situations. Hmm. And the yes. And it's, it's kind of a cue from improv. So in, in the improv world, you never, if you're on stage and these these comedians and they're telling a story that's obviously improvised, you never say no, but you always say yes. And so no matter what character your scene partner comes up with, you just take yes. And so it's not to say that Penn has to go along with every single daydream. He just has to show his partner, in this case, me, that he's listening. And so another phrase you'll hear us say a lot is I hear you more. Or I, yeah. yeah, I like, I, I hear you. I hear you. That sounds, you know, in that situation, it could have been, I hear you. I hear that you are wanting to conquer something big right now. Tell me more about that. And so it's literally just repeating what they just said. I hear that you're really, you want to take on a big project right now. Tell me more about that. And I, I didn't, that's the thing. That's all I need. I don't need buy-in from Penn on these things. I need him to show that he's listening to mm-hmm. me. He's making space for me. He's validating my opinions. And they, I have to tell you, when you run a business with somebody, they do not often align. I would say down to the content we make, down to the podcast we had just recorded earlier, we have very different opinions on how things should look and how things should be put out into the world. And there's no way we'd either we'd either be divorced or not doing this. We would have just taken other jobs if mm-hmm. we did not have a way to communicate these things better. Ow, sorry, I hit my microphone. And you did it again. These are new clunky headphones that I'm hitting <laughs> on the microphone. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit BetterHelp.com 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com 1000 hours. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. 
Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside50 to get 50% off. (laughs) Well, I just love the verbiage. And I think that instead of shutting someone down, then you just ask, you said, ask clarifying questions without judgment. I thought, well, then sometimes the other person will talk themselves out of it anyway. I think that's sort of how I am. I'm a dreamer. And then if someone wants, has me talk about it a little bit more, then I can start, start to see those things that maybe might not work, or at least it just keeps the conversation on the table. So I loved that yes and technique, helping the other person feel heard. Okay, so there was another one in the book that really stuck out to me, which was the secret contract. And I think this is one that would really apply to the listeners here is that when you're trying to change something and something has been a certain way for a long time and you're trying Mm -hmm. to change and you have this sort of secret contract and you talked about it with the toilet paper, but Mm -hmm. how do we deal with the secret contract and breaking that and really communicating what our needs are? Yeah. So just to, to, to explain secret contracts a little bit more. This they, has been the huge game changer for us. Yeah. They're, they're unspoken rules in your marriage that happen most frequently just to get through the day. You know what I mean? Just especially for people who have children and you go from playing zone defense to man to man to like full court press. And there's just all kinds of different strategies well, that you so have. So many sports words. So, Good job. Well, thank you. So as that happens, we all take on these roles that we never talk about just because we've got to get them done. And we don't necessarily love the role. Or and, we never talked about it. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's something you take on just to make a relationship work and function. And most frequently, they're never talked about. A lot of secret contracts work, for example. Yeah. And does all of the sports in our house. And that was a role he took on very early. That means he is the team. He's on the team mom chat. He's the only dad on the team mom chat. He's signing up for snacks. He's signing them up. He's getting their physical. Like he handles sports. But I, and we've never talked, we never discussed that that would happen. I do all the grocery shopping and meal prep and meal planning and all the school stuff. Like I'm the person that gets them, you know, registered, signs up for the parent conferences. Like, so we never talked about it, but it works. And because it works, there doesn't necessarily need to be a change in that. Right. They're not always bad. They're not always bad, but they're bad when one person is feeling taken advantage of, when one person is not feeling appreciated or doesn't feel like, you're not holding up on your end of the bargain. The story we told in the book is in our downstairs kind of bathroom. It's kind of a half bath that every, but everybody uses it. And the toilet paper ran out. And I had just decided I was going to see how long my family went before they filled it. Real quick. There's a lot of ways to wipe your butt without toilet paper that I learned. <laughs> I, I know. And you advocated, you, they would advocate for the paper towel. And I don't know how no. much I really agree with. <laughs> on the paper towel, Jenny. Like there's some paper towels that I would never put down there, but there's some soft paper towels uh, out there. There he had the a stash problem, of Kleenex. The problem is you're going to, you're going to clog the, the, the plumbing. They had Kleenex. <laughs> and so they were using so, yeah. like 
mostly Kleenex. To, yeah, mostly Kleenex. And it was a really obscene amount of time they let it happen. Six days, right? And and I was basically documenting it on Instagram because my kids, you know, nobody had nobody else had Instagram besides me at that point. And it was this everybody was invested. I had Instagram. I didn't know how to check the stories. stories. So I was doing it on stories. Right. And petty, yes, totally petty. But it really people were invested. They're like, has it <laughs> yes, yes. That? Because and and then I lost my mind because he's like, Well, I just don't even know where we keep the extra toilet paper. And we'd lived in the house at that point for several years. And the fact that my able-bodied family had noticed it and just they're like, oh, but I had done it, but I had done it. So my part my role in this is I had done it. I made sure there was extra tissue under the sink. I made, or on the back of the toilet. Like I always made sure it was there and I had had enough. It was unfair in hindsight, the way I did it. The public humiliation part is, was not cool. What should have happened is like, Hey guys, I'm sure you've noticed the toilet. There, there's no tissue. Okay. What would need to happen to make sure that gets filled? Yeah. When we when we brought this to our counselor, he asked the right question right away. I think that Kim went to the counselor expecting... Sometimes when you go to a marriage counselor, you're like, here comes a victory for me. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. And a good counselor doesn't award points. But it was interesting. In a lot of situations, when you go to counseling and you think that you're right, you're never 100% right. Like there's something yeah. that you can do He's better. like, Kim, you could have done that differently. I'm like, oh... Well, yeah. What he said was, had you ever once asked anyone to change the roll of toilet paper? And the answer was no. no. She never had. She'd never asked about it because it was the secret contract. And that's when we learned about secret contracts. And so I have to say, now we do a better job of addressing those because they still pop up. You know, we just went on to this wonderful vacation. It was our first in a family vacation in years because of COVID and everything. And there I had packed everything. It was a winter vacation and I'm I'm pretty uncomfortable with like like skiing and all of those things. <laughs> so, but but I was a little nervous about it, but I had made sure we had enough layers and everybody had gloves and everybody had socks. So that meant I had to I kind of set the alarm earlier for everybody else to make sure I was ready, to make sure they were ready. By day two, I, I was like, you guys, we're done. I'm not going to wake up any earlier to get you ready to have you roll your eyes at me. If you're cold out there, it is now on you. These are the things you need to know. And they were fine with it. So mm. now we have we have more clearly defined roles within our marriage and within our family. By the way, one of the most popular uh, secret contract problem starters is the fact that the mom, when the mom packs for vacation, mm -hmm. the mom packs for everyone but the husband. And the husband is always just like, oh, no, I'm packed. What's taking you so long? <laughs> Yeah. And, yeah. um, but he doesn't do that. Thank God. No, I learned. He learned, but we, we just have those. And we even, we will point out, we will say secret contract, you know, Ooh. if we need get, to talk about if it, we get the twinge of this is seeming a little unfair. Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling good about this. We'll just yell out secret contract. And wow. that's kind of that international sign for, Let's stop and evaluate. Is this working for all parties? So, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot to look out for there. And I love that you said mature people. It's in the book. Mature people ask for what they want. And you have to get past a couple seconds of awkward, which is kind of like what you were saying. We have a conversation about it. It really, in the end, is not that big of a deal. But just for a little teeny bit, it's awkward. Well and, and it's we uh, that's another thing we say a lot. <laughs> it's sit in the sack or mature yeah, people, ma ask, for mature people ask for what they want is. 
It's so funny. And most often it's, you know, hey, what do you want for dinner tonight? You know, if we're getting, you know, takeout tonight. Well, you still haven't. I know. You still haven't gotten this right. Uh, Hang on. I don't know. Are you ready for our dinner conversation? Here Mm -hmm. we go. I'm ready. Okay. Hey, babe, um, I'm going to get, I know let's carry out tonight because we're not going to cook. Um, Also, like you deserve a break. You've cooked all week. What do you want for dinner? Oh, I don't know. What are you in the mood for? That's not what you say. (laughs) What do I say? Pick whatever you want. I don't care. And then he'll pick, he'll say Chinese food. I'm like, mm, no, I don't want that. And then he'll what, say, what about steak? No, no, I don't sushi? Do you want to do sushi? No, we just had sushi. Okay, you just said pick no. whatever you want. And so then he'll say mature people ask yeah. what they want. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I want that chicken from that new Peruvian place. So I, he kind of, he will say mature people ask for what they want. And we honestly, that phrase we use with our kids because yeah. I think sometimes our we have our our kids are now sixteen and thirteen, and I've noticed that they look for us. They look to us for approval on a lot of things, down to my daughter, what classes she should sign up for next year, or what activity, what club she should be in, or and she'll be like, "Do you think that's a good idea?" Or what do you think about that? I'm like, yeah. "Oh, oh, honey, this is like I've already been through high school. Like I've already done this. What do you think?" And she's like, uh, I, I don't know. I think so. I'm like, hey, mature people ask for what they want. Are you really, do you, what, does that really interest you? And she's like, mm, no. Okay. Just say, no, I'm not interested and move on. So I think it's giving them the confidence to identify what they want, which is hard for a teenager. It's hard for me to identify it. So I agree. Trying to, I mean, we're not perfect at it, but trying to let our kids, Give them the ability to identify what they want and ask for it in a mature way. It's a life skill for sure. And it can be awkward. So that's like sit in the suck. So it, for those first, if it's, an, you know, in this situation, a teacher really wanted her to, and even my son, we had a coach who was trying to recruit him for a baseball team. I think they were low on baseball signups. And so it's really flattering if somebody wants you to, you know, do that and participate in that. And I think he was going to do it because an adult thought mm-hmm. it was a good idea. And we just had to say, and we could kind of sense the hesitancy. I said, hey, buddy, is that something you're really interested in? He's like, oh, I was hoping to play on this basketball team, but I don't want to disappoint him. I'm like, no, mature people ask for what they want. We're not, we're not like, you have to, you're 13. What do you want to do? So he had to, it was a really kind invitation, but he had to kind of stick up for himself and advocate for himself. Mm -hmm. What a cool thing that you can take the premises that are in the book and apply them to your parenting. And because you talk in here about how to be a better listener, there's so much in here about being public with your gratitude, about just these simple switches and you have all the verbiage in there. It was, it's really a phenomenal read. I wonder if people didn't really know what to expect. I, I guess I didn't really know what to expect when I picked it up. Yeah, I understand that. that. We, yeah. and, and you're saying that because if you're familiar with our work, we're not normally fighting all we're the time. Really, we're, and also, I think people who follow our page, and I love this, by the way, they're following because of, I hope we can make you laugh. Right. Mm-hmm. And so right. it's very goofy three-minute right. songs and dances. Let me, let me also say, though, one of the reasons we wrote the book was because people would comment with things like, you guys are my dream couple, hashtag relationship mm-hmm. goals. I appreciate that. Thank you. Honored. But, but I I do I would love for people to know that no marriage and no relationship is perfect. In fact, I think 
that if you're not fighting ever, you may need to. We were, I know that sounds. We were crazy. just talking about this yesterday. We yeah. Imagine he had. I mean, you can talk about it. Yeah. So uh, he had a very sweet. He dated a girl for three years before we had started dating. Very sweet. She's a wonderful human. But one of the problems Penn said was we just never fought. Hmm. It, everything was so. They were so. And not necessarily aligned. I can't describe it because I wasn't in their relationship. But um, that was a good description. She she was great. We never fought, and then we broke up. <laughs> um, and I I don't know. I, I I'm not going to say it's because like there's no passion. I do. I just do think that maybe we should have fought. There should have been some. I mean, there's you you get no one ever agrees with everything with a with a partner. And, uh, and so I think that fighting is like a hurricane. Someone once explained to me that a hurricane is necessary for the earth to release its energy or else it turns into a gigantic super storm that destroys the planet. He's really into like weather wow. systems and planets yeah. and stuff. No, it just releases a lot of tension. And I think yeah. a good fight at the end of a good fight. And by the way, you learn more about each other. Yeah. You learn more, more about yeah. what's important to your person. Right. And you learn more about each other and you can... I think fighting, and by the way, when we fight, we are not, or rarely, <laughs> screaming. We're not swearing at each other. We're not, like, we have some very specific ground rules, um, rules of war, if you will. But at the end of it, I know, well, he's really upset about this. This must mean a lot to him. Like, I, I get to know him a little bit better. So, When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my Vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessies Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessie. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chop's hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com outside120 and use code outside120 to get 
$120 off across your first four boxes. That's code OUTSIDE120 at goodchop.com slash OUTSIDE120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash OUTSIDE120, code OUTSIDE120. Oh, I love that. There was a really interesting perspective shift. You said each conflict should nudge you a bit closer together. So Mm -hmm. like you're talking about, if you have a relationship for three years with no conflict, you're not having that chance to nudge together. So I just, I love the book so much. There's so much in here. It's really been a joy to get to talk with you about it for a little bit here. Kim and Penn Holderness, everybody fights. So why not get better at it? Fantastic. We have the game too. And you really have so much. It was, it's been fun. I think I came across you with the in, in the tub video. Oh, wow. So that was one of my first memories. So I've been following you for a very long time. And just to dive into your blog, your blog is beautiful. Your website is so beautiful. And the blog has all sorts of things in there, marriage, food, wellness, favorites, your pelvic floor. I mean, all of the things there. Like pelvic floor therapy. So that blog gets so, so much traffic. It's so I still funny. don't know what it is. It's fantastic. It's comprehensive. No, I don't. I, yeah, I told you about it. You, I just don't know. Oh, the like, pelvic floor one? Yeah, I haven't. I need to see like a video of it or something no, in order to not. understand what it no, is. No, but I speaking of like getting outside, right? I mean, we do. Mm-hmm. I have to say, we do try to exercise a ton. I love to be out. I'm. I grew up in Florida. We now live in North Carolina. The weather's pretty mild, but I my my mood is very easily dictated by the weather. But I do as much as possible like to get out and run. And pelvic floor repair was needed. And I learned that in Europe. They give you like as soon as you give birth, like somebody comes to your house house and get you get like eight sessions after you wow. give birth. We yeah. are really and missing out. I know. And I was like, well, they they're like, well, they do that because they want, you know, women to basically have more babies. I was like, so? <laughs> like, I don't care why they're doing it. <laughs> give it to yeah. me. Yeah, everybody yeah. needs the pelvic floor information, especially for getting outside. If you want to go on a hike or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's <laughs> the, one of the most popular ones on your blog. And then your podcast has well over 200 episodes. And I love just learning about you, seeing this other side. You know, you see the entertainment and then seeing the other side and really thinking through what might what must it be like to work together and to have this business, to have your production company. So I just have enjoyed all of it, the store, the book, the game, and the podcast. You're, so, you're being really nice. I know. You're being so kind right now. <laughs> you have so much going on. It's incredible. I think if people really took a step back and thought, would I be able to do that with my spouse? I would imagine that most people wouldn't be able to. And so then you walk through. And the book even has practical things like you talked about, Kim, your 12-minute rule that, you know, you're battling depression. And, and that yeah. really helps. So I, I use this all the time. And it's so funny. I have a good friend who quoted me on it. And she's like, oh, I do the your 12-minute rule at the gym. So it's basically like it, it gets my butt to the gym or out on a walk or out on a run. I set the timer. And if I can do it, maybe 12 minutes is too much. Maybe it's seven minutes. You start the treadmill or you get outside and you start and you go for seven minutes. You go for 12 minutes. And at the end of that 12 minutes, you're like, I'm done. Turn around, go home. You know, and, and you've done it and you count it, you check the box, you've done it for the day. But usually for me personally, if I've already started and I have the momentum, I'll keep going. And then you never feel worse after going for a walk, you know? Yeah. It gets you over the threshold to say, yeah. look, I'm going to give this small bit of commitment and then yeah. it changes everything. So 
And I will say, we're talking about all these wonderful things we've done, which is so flattering. I want to say, especially, you know, like a website and blog and videos and stuff like that, we do have help. And that is, I want people to know that like... It's not just us. We we started this together and there was a point in our marriage where, you know, I was doing one part of the business and he was doing the other. And it was, it was so much. And we almost... It was tough on our marriage. And so we almost needed a tiebreaker. So we hired uh, Anne-Marie and she actually plays the role of the Midwest neighbor in our videos, but she's a marketing genius. And she just, she helps us, you know, up, up, well, she helps us with so many things, by right. the way, but she helps us like the, the even the minutia of like uploading a video and all the, these little things. And then Sam is a pro at web design and editing. So as people start, start a business where they want to get into content or podcasting or blogging, we did it solo for a while and it was very, very hard and it was fine, but our marriage has really benefited from having help. And I just don't I want anybody to think that if they look at everything we've done, that like we somehow have done it just ourselves because that's just not realistic. Just to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great marital advice too, that you find yeah. help where you need it and you don't just continue on in the same path. So yeah. like I said, I really, really love the books. One of the best marriage books I've ever read Oh wow! because it's so practical and it's so comprehensive. You hit all the things that people are actually struggling with and then you give tips and tools on how to deal with them. And then the tips and tools actually work. So really enjoyed it. We always end our podcast. I don't know if you both want to answer or one of you wants to answer, but we always end our podcast with a favorite memory from your childhood that was outside. My grandmother's and grandfather's pool you know, to have a backyard pool is very fancy where I grew up at least. And they put in a pool when, you know, people start having grandkids and that, you know, just your, I can, I can even look down and see my fingers. They get so wrinkly, right. When you're in the pool for so long and I have a lot of cousins. And so, and our family didn't have a ton of money to do, you know, big vacations or anything like that. So our vacations using air quotes or our, our kind of escapes were going to my grandparents' house, which is about 20 minutes away, and just spent the weekend, spent summers just in that pool underwater. Um, it was just a, a highlight of my childhood for sure. Let me know if this sounds familiar. All of my childhood favorite memories are sports accomplishments. And I was just sitting here thinking, and there's like eight of them. And it's pretty basic. Like I, like when I got a, I got a kickoff return for a touchdown one time. I still remember exactly what that was like. The first time I got up barefoot skiing, uh, which is when you water ski, but you don't have skis on. Mm -hmm. And then like I had a save in a soccer match where we won the game and they like carried me off the field. How old were you? Around the age, between the ages of like eight and 12. For, for all that wow. stuff. But that's a little egotistical, right? Like it's just all of the good stuff. Well, I don't think so. I think you know what it is? It's unique. And our brains, I think, remember those unique experiences. So you play Poor sports memories. for a long time, right? Wow. You play sports, you have a lot of sports memories, but the ones that are unique, like being carried off or getting up for the first time barefoot, those are the ones that really like, I think encode in our minds. So those are fantastic memories. I'm so grateful that you guys took the time to be here and you're really so well, grateful for your book and I know, I, but I want to say thank you to what you do and encouraging people to, outside, to get outside because, you know, we, for me personally, being outside, even on a cloudy day, I'm looking outside right now is so beneficial, beneficial to my mood and the function of 
my day does better. And you can, the days when I don't get outside, if it's really cold or it's raining, you can tell. So just encouraging families to get outside and providing really concrete ways to do them is, is so great. So thank you for what you do. Yes, and thanks for helping with everyone's marriages. Because I know, <laughs> like you said, people struggle, but you have really great tips and also great perspective that the struggles actually can bring you closer. And thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you for having us. Your joy. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts.